Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big buck study. My name is Melissa C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Today is Friday, November 6th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 14, the sixth paragraph, My Friend Had, and we're reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Nina R., 12 Traditions, Nan K., readers of the text, Susan H., Margaret D., Anita J., our newcomer greeter is Jason K., and the host for the second hour is Russ M. The share ID for Thursday, November 5th, the 7 a.m. meeting, was 15719. That's 15719. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting was 15720. That's 15720. Okay, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Nina R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nina. Nina, press star one to unmute. Hi, good morning. Good morning. This is Nina R. from New York, recovering anorexic and bulimic. Uh, Thanks for letting me do service. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked for the Eight, they lived with all persons to be harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, need to recommend to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we're wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, talk through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nina or Kay. I will now ask Nan Kay to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Nan. Hi, I'm Nan Kay from Michigan, recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lead the OA lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you so much, Nan Kay. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today, we resume our study of the Big Book, and we're on page 14, the sixth paragraph, My Friend Had, and we're reading one paragraph only. And I will now ask Susan H. to begin reading. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Melissa. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered, grateful, compulsive overreader. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works is dead, he said. And how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. What a fantastic paragraph. It uh, encapsulates the 12th step, um, demonstrating the principles in all my affairs to the best of my ability, uh, working with others as, as my, my way to keep afloat. <laughs> um, absolute necessity and imperative strike me as must words. They're, they are musts. Um, if he failed to keep working on it, if I fail to keep working on it, I'm in trouble. Um, faith without works is dead. Yeah, uh, as a compulsive overeater, if I fail to continue to work with others, however is available to me, I'll eat again. And if I eat again, I'll die. It's a warning, but it's a beautiful promise. It just, it frees me to um, share the gifts that I've been given. It's okay. It's not, I'm not bragging. It's okay. (laughs) Sharing is the kindest thing I can do for people who are still suffering. And it helps them and it helps me as most of the steps are so helpful to me and to whoever I share them with. So I'm very grateful to be sharing this morning. Just be a warning here. And uh, I am available to sponsor again, but I continue to find any way I can to work with others in the meantime. I'll pass. I will pass. Thank you so much for getting us started, Susan H. Okay, so before I open up the lines for sharing, I want to remind us all that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you've shared on Wednesday or Thursday um, on either of our meetings, um, we ask that you refrain in order that others might share their experience too. So, all righty, I'm ready. Holy Jesus. 
Janet P. I heard Joanne. Janet P. Annette M. Harlan G. I got, yep, I Lynn got S. Yep, Lynn S. Okay. Tina S. Uh, hold on one second. Let me just tell you who I heard. So if I if I say your name, then you know that. I got Harlan G, Tina S, Janet B, Larry K, Lynn S. Who else? Jody E. Jody. Johan M. M. Laura L. I know I missed Rowena K. There was a couple of people in between. Annette M. Abby S. Annette. Oh, my goodness. And Abby. I'm going to stop right there. I apologize if I missed you. I'm doing my best this morning. Okay, I've got Harlan G., Tina S., Janet B., Larry K., Lynn S., Jody E., Laura L., Rowena K., Annette. I missed the initial. And Abby. That's a lot of people. (laughs) So let's get get going. and uh, I'm going to set my timer, and if you hear the music, you know, do me a favor. Otherwise, you know, I will say time, but uh, I hate to cut my friends off. So go right ahead. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you very much for your service this morning, and thank you to Team Friday for making this meeting possible. I am Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. You do not learn, I do not learn this program by absorbing spiritual information. I learn this program by transmitting spiritual information. This paragraph is a promise. This paragraph is a warning. This paragraph is one of the most essential paragraphs in the entire book and in the entire program, because the book has, is the program. And this paragraph tells me that I must sponsor. And there are many, many people who call me all the time and say, I don't want to sponsor. I'll do this and I'll do that, but I'm not going to sponsor. And my response to them is always the same. You will eventually go back into the food if you don't. It is a certainty. This disease is not just a disease of being addicted to the effect that food produces And that effect gives us that sense of ease and comfort. But it is a disease of me, me, me. It is a disease of self-involvement. And the way I did this program at first was to diet down to a certain weight and I became stagnant and then I would begin eating again and my weight would boomerang beyond anything I had ever been at before. And what I learned is the only way I have to keep the program fresh, the only way I have to keep enthusiasm at the forefront of my program, the only way that I have to keep the program continually in the discovery phase, continually learning new things, is to sponsor. I learn far more by sponsoring than I could ever teach anyone that comes across my path. Every one of the people, whether they recover or not, are my teachers. Some of the people are cautionary tales and some of the people are great examples. But let's take a look at some things in the time I have left. Faith without works was dead, he said, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life, how do I do that? 
through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. No matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. We're going to learn Monday that when all other measures fail, work with another alcoholic will save the day. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. I sustain my life. I sustain my recovery, my life-giving program by working with other people. I don't have to be the perfect sponsor. I just have to do the best I can to guide them through the book and let the book do the work. If they want to recover, they will. If they don't want to recover, they won't. And I'm not in the results business. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much, Harlan. Okay, next up is Tina S., and Tina will be followed by Janet B. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Melissa. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great paragraph and such great shares. So grateful to be on the line and to be part of. You know, he, he tells us so much in this in this short paragraph, you know, and, and what he says at the beginning is it's emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating you know, and that means to clearly show by giving proof or evidence. So that tells me that there has, there's work to be done. If I am going to demonstrate this instead, you know, because let me just tell you, and I always say this, so, and I say it mostly for me, you know, as uh, alcoholics, compulsive eaters, we are intelligent people. You know, I have the ability to memorize a lot of stuff. I can talk a lot out of this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, but am I demonstrating it? Am I showing you what this recovery program has done for me, the transformation that came about. You know, and I am today because it tells me, it says, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice, he's telling me exactly what I got to do. I got to work and I have to self-sacrifice for others. And then it tells me that we're going to have certain trials and low spots. So if I don't do this work, I'm not going to make it through it. But what I can tell you also is when I came here and we read this paragraph, my first response was, yeah, okay, maybe. You know, but the 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 miracle, the miraculous thing that happened was through working the 12 steps and having a transformation that came about, you know, from God, through, through me, from God, and, and somebody who, within whom the problem had been solved, I finally want to do this stuff. You know, initially I did it, did it because I wanted to make it through, you know, so, okay, let me just help somebody else, you know, but today, you know, the bright spot of my day is that I can say to somebody or show somebody that, hey, you no longer have to live that way. You certainly do have a choice. You can if you want to. Same with me. You know, I can, I can go back into, it, into the disease if I want to, you know, because I only have a reprieve one day at a time. What am I doing today for my recovery to stay recovered? What am I doing today? You know, and then it tells me if, if I don't work and I don't give this thing away, I'm going to surely drink again. And, you know, let me just tell you, that has been my experience in the past. You know, I, you know my accident date is 1999. That's not the first time I came here, you know. And so with, with not working with others and, um, you know, doing this work and, and giving it away, you know, I, I drank again. I ate again. And then it says, then faith would be dead indeed. And I, and I love the last sentence. With us, it is just like that. And that's the truth. For me, it is just like that. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Tina S. Thank you. Okay, next up is Janet B., and Janet will be followed by 
Larry Kay. Good morning, Janet. Hi, Melissa. Good morning, friends. Hi, Melissa, one of my favorite people and one of my favorite paragraphs here. Um, why is self-sacrifice so important? You know, I know like we talk about food plans being important and going to meetings, but our book tells us self-sacrifice is important. And remember, the goal of this program is to have a spiritual experience. So when I do the third step, I ask God to build with me and do with me whatever he wants. Basically, I'm giving him permission to get to work rewiring my heart. And God rewires our hearts to change our priorities and our values, to make me, to make us go from selfish to caring about others, from self-centered to loving. But I need to cooperate. And at first, I'm like a toddler learning to walk or, you know, like a youth learning how to ride a bicycle or a teen learning how to drive a car. It doesn't come natural. Um, Self-sacrifice by definition means I'm giving up something I want for someone else. Usually time, which none of us like to give up, or sleep. Um, at the beginning, all I knew to do, I was in New York City, I made sandwiches for homeless people. Self-sacrifice, but it didn't come easily. But the more I stay close to God and practice this program, the easier it gets because I'm different. God grows me and changes me. And by the time I'm at step 12, I'm sponsoring. And then that gorgeous line, the first line of working with others, we have immunity when we work with others. As Melissa has said before, immunity, like a virus. When you get a shot from the doctors, a vaccine, you have immunity against the virus. Or like if someone from another country who's a diplomat here commits a crime, he has diplomatic immunity. We are protected. God comes in and protects us. My life doesn't depend on meetings and phone calls. It depends on me cooperating with God as he completes his renovation work on my heart. And I believe that hearts that are renovated by God have no room for the food obsession and it just can't live within us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Janet. Okay, next up is Larry Kay, and Larry will be followed by Lynn S. Good morning, Larry. Hey, Melissa. Thanks for your service this morning. Um, you know, uh, quite an, gosh, I got to speak in decades ago. Decades ago, uh, way before program, um, I, I was doing pretty well financially. I was uh, dishonest, but I was making money. I was tearing up relationships. I was, I was married. I was ruining my marriage. And in, in the midst of, of uh, the stuff that was going on, every so often I would, you know, there was a, a men's shelter in the down, downtown Madison, Wisconsin. And I would get up early and I would go out and buy. It was easy for me to do. I'd buy all kinds of food. I'd load it up and I'd bring it out there. And, you know, on the face of it, that, that's a pretty good thing to do. I don't think anyone would argue. I certainly let people know that I did that. Um, I was trying to make myself feel better. See, my heart wasn't changed. I was disconnected from a higher power, although I thought I had a connection with a higher power. That was service. That was self-sacrifice for others. I'm not knocking it. 
but it came from a dishonest place. It came from a selfish, self-centered place. I can tell you that. You know, the illness, you know, or the death of a loved one, I'll eat. COVID, I'll eat. Rampant divisiveness in this country, even, even among our own family members, I'll eat. Fear manifested in thousands of different ways, I'll eat. The bottom line is, if I have not done the work or have done it in a haphazard way, so I'm still disconnected from a higher power, I have not yet experienced a revolutionary change of heart and mind. And see, if that's the case, I simply will not be motivated. I won't be very enthusiastic about enlarging and perfecting my spiritual life, nor will I be very enthusiastic to work with others. Or if I do, it won't be sustainable. That, this is why I couldn't stay stopped. And every so often, I'd pour myself in program. I'd pour myself into working with others. I'd pour myself into prayer perhaps a meditation, yet I will tell you that my motivation was driven almost entirely by the desire to get an effect. I was chasing a pixie dust solution. I was chasing a magic wand solution. I had not put the food down entirely. I had not. I wanted to continue to eat in secret, but get the effect that you had. That's what I wanted. You have to complete this process it's an experiential transformation so that you become enthusiastic. I don't know how that happens, but you become enthusiastic. That's why I hear voices on this line all the time and in their communities. They're enthused to do this, to carry the message. So grateful for uh, this connection to a power. It's not me that's doing it. With that, I pass. Thanks, Melissa. Hey, thank you. Thanks, Larry Kay. Okay, next up is Lynn S. And Lynn will be followed by Jody E. Good morning, Lynn. Lynn, press star one to unmute. I believe I heard Lynn. I'm going to give you another couple of seconds and then I'll go to Jody E and come back. Lynn S. Okay. Um, Jody E, let's go with you, please. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is Jody E, gratefully recovered in California. I love this paragraph also. Particularly was it imperative to work with others. That has been my experience as well. When I became able to sponsor by working the steps thoroughly and by remaining abstinent, entirely abstinent for a period of time, suddenly the sponsees appeared. I was in this program for many years. <clears throat> I would occasionally sponsor someone, but it never seemed to work out, not until I had Work the steps using this book and had this psychic change. I had spiritual experiences prior to working through the steps and getting entirely abstinent. But I didn't have what it took to sponsor other people effectively. I did try. 
And, and that's all we can do is try, do our best. But I cannot transmit something I haven't got. So how do I get what I need? By working these steps myself. I also love what it says about that. This is how it is with us, us alcoholics, us compulsive overeaters. We are perhaps different from normal people. I don't know. Maybe we are. But I know for me as a compulsive overeater, my disease is always right there waiting. And I, I know that. I know that from my long experience in the disease. And I know that from relapse as well. So my higher power, I believe, uses my disease to keep me on the firing line of life. And as long as I stay there, turning my will and my life over to the care of God and asking for his will for us and the power to carry that out and doing my best to carry the message, my higher power keeps me unharmed. And I love living on the fiery line of life. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I'm grateful for my disease because it keeps me involved and I believe doing God's will to the best of my ability one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jody E. Um, so Lynn S., I believe maybe you're back on the line. Could you press star Good one? morning. Thank Good morning. you, Melissa. Hi, this is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, I was abstinent for 17 years, and then I had an eight-year relapse. And then that eight-year relapse... I could not get it back, no matter how hard I tried. I had got a couple of medallions, one two-year, two one-year, but I was stark raving abstinent, and there was no recovery. And I can remember in that period thinking, what happened? I mean, like, I had it all. You know, I, I had arrived, and, you know, I, I knew what I was doing, and everything was great. And certain paragraphs really struck me and this is one of them and I'm kind of reading it with a bit different maybe connotation of the word work they failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others and the work I'm talking about there was working the steps because I was working with others but what I did was heard enlarge spiritual life and I went oh fantastic so then I got into Emmett Fox and Marianne Williamson and Joyce Myers and whoever, 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 it doesn't matter. I even went to Bible college down in the States. I was very busy enlarging my spiritual life. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But I was doing them in lieu of putting that same effort and energy in continually working the steps and then taking that step knowledge that I had gleaned and working with others with that. 
if I put the focus on working the program the way it's outlined in the first 164 pages of our text, and I take that message into working with others and self-sacrifice, I wasn't big on self-sacrifice. So my take on this is a little bit different, but I had such a crystal clear aha moment. Lynn, this is one of the ways that you did not put the focus on program first. Work the steps as if your life depends on it. Get the spiritual connection through working the steps. Work with others. Self-sacrifice for others. Then you can do that other stuff in addition to, not in lieu of. I'm so grateful the recovery that God has blessed me with now. I am so grateful that these passages in the big book where I had failed, where I hadn't followed directions clearly, they lit up like they're backlit with the rays of the sunlight of the Spirit, and they point out so clearly to me the path that I need to take to stay in recovery one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much, Lynn S. Okay, next up is Laura L., and Laura will be followed by Rowena K. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Um, my name is Laura L., a recovered compulsive reader in Pennsylvania. Um, I just wanted to thank everyone for sharing and just share a little bit of how this paragraph kind of plays out in my life. Um, a few years ago, I was home alone with the kids, and my husband was at work, and um, just like it says in the big book, not a cloud on the horizon, I was in a great mood. And then all of a sudden, this thought came to me of how much my husband did not appreciate me and how I was being taken advantage of. And I got this resentment, and self just got all over me. And the thought festered. I made some 10-step calls. I wanted to convince you all how you know wrong my husband was and, and um, how selfish he was, and nobody really bought into it. And I couldn't hear anyone. Um, and before you know it, you know, he calls me at lunch, and I'm talking to him. And I'm real short. You know, you got to be short and mysterious when you're playing crap like this out. And then by the end of the day, I'm rehearsing this in the mirror, what I'm going to say to him when he gets home, looking out the window, can't wait till he pulls home. I'm like that dog waiting for them to get home, looking out the window. I bring him home. I bring him up to our room. I start talking at him. I'm going to convince him on how selfish he is and how unappreciative he is. Um, but I'm going to be kind and gracious at first, you know, because that's how I'm going to go. His eyes kind of glaze over, you know, when you're talking at someone, you're trying to convince them of a bunch of crap. And all of a sudden, I'm going to bring out the tears because he's not hearing me because i got to bring the tears out now. His eyes get real heavy and he falls asleep. And I thought, oh, my God. You know, I walk out of the room. I go down the stairs. I'm supposed to meet with a sponsee at 730 at the hospital before a meeting. The meeting starts at 730. I'm supposed to meet with her at 6. And I tell God on the way down the stairs, I'm not going tonight. My marriage is on the rocks. And God goes, your marriage isn't on the rocks. Your husband's sleeping. So I tell God, I'm, I'm not going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text this woman because I'm a coward. I'm not meeting with my sponsee. I got some crap that I got to deal with here. And so I pick up the phone, and she had texted me, can I have a ride? And I thought, a ride? I mean, this isn't a taxi service. I'm freaking and dying here. My marriage is on the rocks. This woman wants me to give a ride, always making me do all this crap. Like I'm just sick of it. So you could recover against your own will. And God said, <laughs> I kind of text yes. And I don't want to text yes, but I'll give her a ride. I thought, oh my God, I'm dangerous at this point. You don't want me working with others. Um, and then she texted me back. She said, I don't need a ride. And so I met her there. 
at the meeting and there's a do-gooder there to set up the meeting two hours early. Like this is where our space, our spiritual space was going to be. And I thought, oh my God, I don't know. This is going to explode in my face here. Um, we get kicked out. We go to the cafeteria where the smelly dishes are. There's silver, it's like humid, smelly dishes in this hospital cafeteria. There's not even really, it, nobody's really in there, but this is not a spiritual experience. Um, and I ask her, I start talking about her and instantly I lose like five pounds in my head. And I asked her why she needed a ride. And she said, well, my abusive husband drank last night and got arrested in my 20 year old handicap son ended up in the emergency room and immediately I was right right sized you know like self-reduction immediately um we get kicked out of there we went into the chapel we finished up with her third step prayer on her knees and all of a sudden through this pink carpet you could feel this heat coming up and I thought oh my god god's in the house we get up from our knees and um I can't wait to get out of the meeting we go up to the meeting and I can't wait to get out of the meeting to call my husband to tell him how sorry I was and the thing is we did not an amazing thing happened we didn't talk one word about me my marriage or my luxury problems we talked about her and I could have made 20 10 step calls and I could have made did four fifth steps on this but you could not have moved me from my mark and so the bottom line for me is by working with a sponsee my problems were not solved they just disappeared and the last thing I'll just say is that I believe what this I've heard said in this program if you you are not working with others. You are tying God's hands. That God cannot help you. This woman helped me more that day than and then I helped her. And we didn't even talk about me. And that's the amazing part about God can use you, even if you're not even the best spiritual guru. God could use anyone. And so, you know, I'm just so grateful that people let me work with them, and that, you know, you know, God can use even us crazy ones. You know. So thank you for letting me share. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much, Laura Al. Sure. Okay, next up is Rowena Kay, and Rowena will be followed by Annette. And Annette, when you come in, just share your last initial with me. Good morning. Hi, my name. Good morning. Hi, my name is Rowena Kay from the United Kingdom, and um, I feel really privileged to be able to share today and to have heard all the inspiring shares before me. Um, and I'm also feeling grateful. I just need to say that I'm not hungover or full of remorse because I haven't binged for almost two and a half months and I am available to sponsor. Um, I'm just going to use this little space to say that because trying to um, get on the call afterwards when everyone's you know, announcing themselves is quite difficult. Um, and I really, um, I've never really noticed this paragraph before and I feel like it was almost God sent because um, I am looking for a sponsee. Um, but what I like about the paragraph is that it's all in absolutes. And, you know, he says, all my affairs, um, the absolute necessity, um, faith without works is dead. It's not just sort of suffering, it's actually dead. Um, and, um, and I guess what I find interesting is it talks about perfecting and enlarging his spiritual life. Um, yeah, I guess that's something that I would probably like to reflect on. Um, and um, the self-sacrifice, because, you know, it's a really good reminder for me that it is, there is some self-sacrifice, because I'm very, I work shift, so um, it it's, can be quite tricky um, at times. But, you know, and then I think, oh, I'm going to have to do this work. Um, and I realize that, you know, it's not work, it's actually going to keep me alive if I share it um, with someone else um, and I especially like the, the last sentence with us it is just like that it's just kind of really it's the truth it's really sort of it's just a powerful little sentence 
Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to leave it there. Um, and thank you again for letting me share. I'll pass. Wow, thank you so much, Rowena Kay. Okay, next up is Annette, and Annette will be followed by Abby. Annette, if you could tell us your last initial, please. What's your name? It's M. Annette M. Annette M. Okay. Yes, yes. Hi, yeah. Thanks for letting me share. Um, I'm Annette I'm from Toronto, Canada, and uh, this the line, you know, faith without work uh, is that um, is so 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 clear for me today, and I'm called to share. Um, in the moment, my mother, you know, she just was tested positive for COVID, and uh, she's in a nursing home, and she has Parkinson's dementia. It may be her moment. Uh, she's been there for six years. Um, and I'm just, I surrender, I surrender and, uh, I let God support, I give her to God and I, I know I'm in God's hands and with that, uh, you know, I want to thank you, um, for always being here and for giving me the time to share. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Annette. We'll keep her in our prayers. So. Next up is Abby, and then I'll open the lines up again. Abby, if you could tell us the initial of your last name. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Abby S., as in son. I am a compulsive overeater recovered in Michigan, and uh, grateful to be able to share this morning, grateful to hear some friends on the line. Um, this paragraph is so important to me because when I'm when I'm really struggling the first thing my mind goes to is that I need to work two steps again I need you know what do I need I I I and um it doesn't really take me out of myself and so I can continuously work the steps over and over and over and over again but what it really comes down to is you know what am I giving away and I had a particularly challenging last month um you know, I had this super high-paying job, um, very high positioning in the community, um, you know, abstinent, single, single in my romantic relationships, like got my own apartment, got a dog, like I got, you know, have everything. And um, around family, like this moved back to the area, like things are looking good. And then um, a few things like came in my life. So I lost my job. Um, I lost my sponsor and I got into a new relation, romantic relationship all at the same time. And I mean, within like, within like two weeks of each other. And I was like, the trials and low spots, like that was, that was a big, a big thing for me. And um, thank God I had people that I was working with, um, because with all that time of, you know, now I'm like looking for a job, like I had people that I was, thank God, working, working with. And I had, you know, a few opportunities to grab a couple more um, sponsees and take them through the steps. And like, I'm, you know, listening to my sponsee talk about step two and how she connects with her higher power and what that means to her. And you know, um, walking another one through a fear inventory, how to not be scared when meanwhile, I'm 
you know, not talking about myself, but I'm thinking like, wow, like I'm, you know, financially fearful and I have all these things going on. I'm fearful about how to, you know, stay like staying in an emotional relationship, like trying to, you know, do things right now. And, um, anyways, there, there were a couple moments where, you know, the food was getting loud and, I just continued, continued, continued to work with others, do my 10 steps, get out of self. And it is amazing that the neutrality just comes again. The peace comes again. Another job, you know, comes into my lap. Uh, Not really like just dropped in my lap. I mean, I had to apply for it and stuff. But, um, you know, things work out. And what got me through those trials and low stress were my sponsees the past month. Um, It's, it's really inspirational. And, um, you know, I told the sponsee, Hey, there's a step study group that's starting Sunday nights and, um, you know, let them know about it and then forgot myself. And she texted me, Hey, um, are you on the call? Like, um, are you on there? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I forgot. And I got on and I had like this, like really nice experience and I'm doing this 20 week step study now. And it's just like, I'm, I'm Thank you. I heard that. So I'm protected and um, grateful for this program that teaches me I have to give it away. So thankful for my sobriety and my abstinence today, and I wish you all the best day. Uh, Thank you so much, Abby S. Okay, just tell people where we are at. We are on page 14, the sixth paragraph my friend had. We got one paragraph only, um, so let's see who we can get in. How many? Diane B. Diane B. Pat Gibson, Loretta A, Linda D, Pat G, Pat G, okay, all right, so I've got Pete B, Diane B, Loretta H, Deb G, maybe we could squeeze one more in if we each take two minutes, who's the next? Ginger C, Ginger C, all righty, so let's get started, um, and, uh, all right, Pete, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered today in God's grace and mercy, and I am in Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for taking the meeting. You do such a great job with it. You know, I, I, uh, I was, I, I was, I was uh, thinking about the shares yesterday and the shares today and. You know, we're talking about how remarkable it is that Bill is thinking about others and everybody's sharing about the joy, you know, that they get from working with others. And and just in the instance that I'm not the only person that feels this way, right? I guess I don't know about you, but it's never good. Hey, can you can you sponsor me? You know, no 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 reach out call comes when I'm sitting around saying, wouldn't it be great if I get a reach out call right now, right? It, with this paragraph says it uses words like necessity and imperative right we don't we don't die and they list on our tombstone the fact that we were feeling joy right it's not in our it's not in our obituary how we felt what's in our obituary is what we did and what's on our tombstone are the things that we did, not the feelings associated with them, right? Our, the why we work with others is absolutely irrelevant. It doesn't have to bring joy. It could be a total pain in the ass, 
right? It, you don't have to experience remarkable change of heart and mind. The fact of the matter is you have to do it. We, I have to do it. It says necessity, right? Particularly was it imperative to work with others. So, you know, just in case I'm the only one out there, I must be. I know everybody else here is a couple feet off of the ground, elevated above, every, you know, above everything, right? I'm the only one. But the fact of the matter is it's our actions. It's not the feelings that come from them. And these things are imperative. I love this, of absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles where? In Overeaters Anonymous? No, no, no. Uh, in all of my affairs, right? I need to be a demonstration of these principles in everything that I do. And the feelings relative to them have no meaning, have no bearing on it in any way, shape, or form. It's absolutely, it's a requirement. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Pete. Okay, next up is Diane B. And I'm just gonna kind of let everyone know. I'm gonna I'm gonna set the timer for two minutes so we can. Good morning, Melissa. Oops, sorry. Good morning, Melissa, and good morning everybody else on the line. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Diane B. from New Rochelle, New York. Um, I would like to share. I mean, Pete, you just said it greatly, but um, I know from my own experience, I've been in the rooms for 34 years because I only started when I was 10, of course, and um, that was a joke. And I know that I've had many relapses. And now, today, I recognize that the reason that I've had so many relapses is because I was not doing steps 10, 11, 12 on a regular basis. I failed to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life through OA work and self-sacrifice for others. So today, to maintain my um, recovery and to help my, my recovery grow, I have to work with others. I have to sponsor, which I sponsor. I do make outreach calls. I do my steps 11 uh, morning and evening, um, and I also pray during the day. Um, I do my 10th step whenever it arises, and um, like I said, I sponsor and I guide people through the steps. So I know from my own personal experience, having many relapses, that this is really what does it. This is the, you know, the bottom line for me. And it's not a maintenance, it's a continue-to-grow um, piece of this program. So without it, my recovery can't grow, and also my recovery will die. And I have too much experience to recognize that. So I just wanted to share that this, you know, this really plays a part in my life, and I'm really grateful for my experiences because it brought me, brought me to where I am today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks so much, Diane B. Okay, next up is Loretta H. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Melissa, and always thank you for your gracious, beautiful voice and service. This is Loretta H., compulsive overeater, anorexic, grace with God's absence for today, recovered. Thank you, God, for today. Uh, the maintenance of our spiritual condition contingent on our spiritual condition and that's um, without that I would be dead it says faith without works is dead and it also ends on 85 with that and I every morning after I pray and meditate listen to the recorded version of um, there's a long period of reconstruction and go to page 85 and I know that I would be dead without 
working with others. That is my immunity. That is my grace. And um, I am so grateful um, for that. In fact, I was texting, and I thank everybody for their shares. I was texting all my sponsees a lot of the verbiage that people were saying this morning because it's so important to carry this message, but also hear this message, especially me as a person who only has the reprieve one day at a time. And so I'm always so grateful for the shares, the meetings, the people who um, work so hard in this program to bring it to other people. And God is so good to us and to me that with that I pass. And please, everybody, stay safe and be safe today. Great. Thank you, Loretta H. Okay, next up is Deb G, and um, and then hopefully we'll get Ginger C in as well. Good morning, Deb. Hi, this is Pat, Pat G. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Uh, Go ahead, Pat. That's okay, and I am a compulsive overeater. And this paragraph goes with uh, uh, tradition three and tradition five. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop compulsive overeating, and then it builds on the rest of them. But tradition five, and it, and it says, better to do one thing well than many badly. And when I go was going to face to face meetings, working with others could be a service that. Maybe I'm the coffee person. Maybe I'm the secretary. Maybe I'm the literature person. And every time I go to this particular meeting, I see the same people, like your job, the moderators, the readers, and things, and calling newcomers. That's a form of service. And I don't. I might not be the person who sponsors. I know this is going against the grain. But I might be the person who makes the outreach call to every newcomer and build those uh, relationships that way. I might be the person that just makes outreach calls. Maybe that's my gift that God gave me. Maybe he didn't give me a gift of really one-on-one sponsoring each other, but maybe that's the way I sponsor. And, And I can remember when I first came just seeing those same people there week after week with their commitment, it did something for me. And then I got to know them and we could talk and I could talk with them about what's going on, how they're working their program. I could share how I work mine. It's different ways of service, working with others. We can't be in a little box. God don't have us in a box. He has us in a broad, broad, broad room. And so I I take it a little different, even though I do sponsor, but I just don't want us to focus so much on sponsoring when there's so much more to this program than that. We give it away in many different, different, different ways. My name is Pat G, and I'm a compulsive overeater, and I am in Los Angeles, California. Thanks for letting me share. Okay. Well, thanks, Pat G., Ginger C., I'm sorry. It looks like we're out of time. Um, hopefully you'll hang for the for the next hour. Um, and uh, I want to thank everyone, though, who shared this morning. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID 
for today's meeting, uh, Friday, November 6th, the 7 a.m. meeting. Today's share ID is 15726. That's 15726. And we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Margaret D., please read Our Book is Meant to be Suggestive Only. Our book is, good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.